and seize the day. Do you remember a little-known film called The Newsies? Look at me, I'm the king of New York. Came out in 1992. I believe I was 11. And it was amazing. This little film, uh, produced by Disney, was a star-studded cast. If you, if you look back on it now, all the people that were in it. It was like, I, I know all these faces. Um, the the biggest, of course, was uh, Christian Bale. Uh, but it had Bill Pullman. It had um, Robert Duvall. It was a really well-casted production. Really well done. It's a musical. Very catchy songs. So, in, in fact, they created a Broadway show because of that. And it was probably one of the most iconic films in my life only because of the music and um, the acting, really. It was just a really fun movie. Well, it's based on an actual story. And this new segment that I'm doing is going to take a look at movies that were based on real events, based on actual stories, anything that's based on something that came from real life. Because we all know that Hollywood exaggerates, leaves things out, adds things just to make it more entertaining. I kind of want to look at what is different, what is close to truth, and what is actually true. Because sometimes they, they just completely destroy the, um, the history behind something. Like The Greatest Showman. Great movie. Lot of fun. Lots of great music. However, it's based on a character or a real-life person who was none of those things. Actually, it was quite terrible. <laughs> the slogan's like, a sucker is born every minute. The man was a shrewd business person, but also just would do anything that he could to make a dollar and didn't care who it affected. So the dis- difference between fake and real Hollywood and true stories is usually quite a bit, some more than others. In the Newsies... We're going to look at what are the main differences, but you'll be happy to know that a lot of it actually was pretty similar. Let's start with the story behind it. The Newsies were a group of boys, all spread out throughout New York, Long Island, upstate and Rhode Island, Connecticut. These young men, uh, most of them were orphans or living on the streets. They would sell newspapers. So basically how this would work was they would go to these distribution centers uh, put on by uh, the World Herald. Actually, it was the New York World. Or no, wait. 
Yeah, the New York World. That was uh, Joseph Pulitzer's. And then William Hurt's The New York Journal. So the world and the journal. So the boys would pick up these papers or purchase them from these distribution centers. Uh, they would. Uh, it was 50 cents for 100 papers. And they would sell the papers for a penny apiece. Well, during the time of the war, the papers decided to increase the amount of uh, money that the boys were paying for the papers, but not increase the the amount that the consumer would have to pay to buy the paper. And they increased it from 50 cents to 60 cents for every hundred. This was a huge deal. Uh, during the wartime, it wasn't a, as much of a deal because the newspapers had lots of great material that they were pushing out. So it was actually very easy for the boys to sell these papers. However, after the war was finished, most of the newspapers decided to decrease back to the 50 cents, but Pulitzer decided not to. And it was a little bit greedy, uh, especially because the news around that time after the war was completed was very lacking. And so it was much, much harder for the boys to sell the papers, and they ended up with too much left over and not enough money to cover what they actually spent. So, I mean, these boys were... This is how they lived and survived. There were group homes and stuff where they had to live with a whole bunch of other boys in, in little cots and things, and but they had to pay for that. And then they also had to pay to eat, you know? A lot of them, not a lot of them, but I mean, some would scrounge around for, for things and, you know, steal and just to survive. So this is a really big deal for them. Now, in order to combat that, the boys decided to go on strike. They said that they will not sell papers anymore. And they actually got organized fairly quickly. In fact, it became a huge ordeal. I mean, they basically shut everything down. Um, profits or newspapers being uh, sold went from over 300000 to way less than half of that. And they obviously made a huge impact. Now, basically, they have leadership that if you watch the movie... You can see some of these characters were actually real. The main leader for this uh, uprising, this was like the, the spokesman, but he actually was. I mean, they, had, they did have a pecking order. They actually became like a legitimate little thing for those two weeks. It was quite impressive, and it actually moved lots of people to join their cause. And in fact, it didn't just stop at newsies. It actually went into factory working kids and, and other industries as well because kids were just used as labor because it was cheap and, you know, they could be taken advantage of. So anyway, the one of the main people behind this was uh, a, a kid named Kid Blink. Now, Kid Blink, if you watch the Newsies movie, there is actually a kid with an eye patch in the movie that, that uh, runs around with Jack Kelly, who's the main character in the movie. That's who that kid is actually supposed to be. That's, that's basically Kid Blink. But they don't give him the huge part in this. Jack Kelly was more of a uh, uh, charismatic role, and they wanted to center around that. I guess because also, like they knew what was going on, but they didn't know everything about what was happening. So this is, you know, again, they also wanted a character that brought a certain level of drama to it, other than the fact that it was pretty dramatic for you know these kids and for the people affected by it. But, you know, this is how Hollywood does it. And Jack Kelly was 
played by Christian Bale, and it was actually just based on the actor from the 50s, Jack Kelly, who was a basically a cowboy. But anyway, in, in real life, Kid Blink was kind of the, the person leading the charge and uniting all these guys from, or all these boys from the different areas. So you have the five boroughs, you have Long Island, you also have upstate, you have Rhode Island actually was, was a part of this as well. And you had all these people organize. And they had thousands, thousands of, of boys all over the city doing the same thing. And one of the things that they were doing was they, they obviously wanted the prices to go back to the way they were, right? Because it wasn't fair that they were left with all these papers that they couldn't get rid of. But they also made it so that others who weren't joining the strike, because not everyone did, you know, there were people that actually came from families and actually had homes of their own, you know, not the boys, but they, they came from things. There was older people that were selling papers. They weren't a part of it. So basically this organized union of boys, they called themselves a union, decided to go after them and prevent them from you know, going against their cost because obviously it's just going to hinder them. If they, if they find replacements for the boys, then they're wiped out, right? So these boys needed to do whatever they could to make sure that no one was selling these papers. So they turn over wagons that were carrying the papers that were to, to be put for distribution to the boys. They went to stands and made sure that those weren't sold. I mean, they, they went all around, caused a huge ruckus. And for the most point, or most most part <laughs> it was it was basically nonviolent you know but at the same time there there was some chaos to it because they had something they needed to accomplish and they needed everybody on board and if they weren't on board that that kind of hurt them so they did whatever they could to make sure that they were supported and they had rallies i mean they had tons of rallies for a two week period they had you know in, in retrospect, it's it's pretty pretty big. They had one rally that was over five thousand people, and they had that was inside the venue. And then they had speakers because there were people that were giving speeches. Speakers were outside to massive crowds, um, so that they could hear what's going on as well. And they had you know people from uh, the union. They had people that were uh, loyal to their cause. It was a really big event. They were they had songs, they had everything. It was just huge. And eventually, within two weeks, Hertz and Pulitzer and a lot of the other newspaper companies, but those two were the, the biggest, obviously, uh, went ahead and succeeded to their demands. And they didn't drop the price of the paper. Now, the other papers, other than Pulitzer, they had gone back to the 50 cents, but, you know, the boys weren't happy with just that. They wanted, because of the stories, because of the news that was coming out, they weren't even able to really sell a lot of those either. Because, the, remember, the only ones that affected by the, the price increase were the boys themselves. You know, the consumer is still getting that paper for a penny. So, they wanted to make sure that this was a blanket thing, that everything was either, was brought down, basically. Well... The papers countered with, listen, we're not changing prices, but what we will do is we will buy back whatever you don't sell at the end of the day. And that was all it took. So they basically got 
pretty much what they wanted. You know, the the big or big thing was how are we going to sell these papers? I'm going to lose money and end up having to live on the streets. So even though the prices didn't come down, they did get a, a really good offer, which was we'll buy them back. And so the opportunity was there for this union to, to stay strong and actually move forward through time and, you know, put guidelines forward and all these different things. I mean, they, they actually had like a draft of <laughs> like bylaws and stuff like that within that two week period. It's insane. It, it doesn't say like, or I can't find anywhere where it says like where they had their, like if, if someone was helping them, um, you know, draft these things or come up with ideas or kind of, uh, you know, bring it all together for all we know, it's like just the boys, but it, it kind of seems like they had to get the wherewithal from something you know, from somebody, maybe just from other unions that were actually well-established. Anyway, so the union fell apart after that because they got what they wanted. They didn't continue on. The The papers basically kind of squashed anything happening after that. Um, so that was the end of the, the strike, and it was the end of this little union. So now let's look at Newsies the movie and subsequently the the Broadway show. I haven't seen the Broadway show, so I'm not really going to go into that, and uh, I don't know how much different it is from the movie. But the movie, like I said before, features uh, a main protagonist called Jack Kelly. And Jack Kelly, um, his biggest thing is getting out of New York and going to Santa Fe, right? Uh, Big talker, very charismatic, everyone loves him, and basically kind of the leader of the pack. Well, like I said before, Jack Kelly wasn't an actual person. Um, now a lot of the boys actually had really cool names. Um, you know, I already said, uh, kid blink, who was the organizer. Then you had, uh, boots, Michelin, um, young mush, crutchy Morris, which crutchy was uh, a character in the, in the movie racetrack Higgins, another character in the movie and Bob the Indian. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember Bob the Indian in the movie. Uh, those are real names of some of the boys. So they all had like street names and stuff. And, uh, and they also had um, another one of the the people that were actually was a big role in the real story was Spot Conlon, which I believe is the same person as Spot Collins in the movie. Uh, he was kind of in the he was kind of like the leader of Brooklyn, basically. Um, and it, it he actually was a real person. But anyway, so Jack Kelly was loosely based on Kid Blink. Spot Collins is obviously based on Spot Conlon. I don't know why they didn't just kid keep a kid blink as you know make that Christian Bale's character, but I guess it just doesn't roll off the ton as well. Jack Kelly does cool name, but basically uh, Christian Bale's character is leading this whole thing. They he gets help from uh, another kid who ends up just coming in one day with his little brother, and they kind of form a union kind of accidentally. Now through all that, they they do invoke violence. You know, it's nothing crazy. Um, it's basically just making sure that everyone is on the same page. And if they're not, then they soak them is what they call it. And, uh, basically just beat them until they say, okay, fine. I join your cause. Um, <laughs> uh, but then, you know, later on, uh, the newspapers have their own thugs and they get shipped out and, and sent out, uh, across the boys and to cause problems for them too. And then you have, you know, all the different uh, areas come together 
it's it's a really fun movie a lot of fun catchy songs but i mean as far as the real story yes they they do go on strike they do unionize in the fact that they're just like making sure that everyone gets together and they have goals and they have demands but that's kind of it it doesn't it i think the real story uh, I was reading that they actually had like all these different things laid out and all these rules and what they're looking for. And basically they had officers, like they had like president and vice president, all these little things. The The movie didn't really have that, but it was organized in a different way and it worked. Jack Kelly is um, a fun character. Uh, he's working with inner turmoil. He's he's kind of a fugitive. He escaped a, a, a home for troubled kids. Um, you know, it's kind of like a little prison for for kids. <laughs> uh, pretty terrible. But um, you know, he he had the, this elaborate backstory. Like his real name wasn't actually Jack Kelly. It was Francis something. And his you know, his parents were out in Santa Fe and they're waiting for him and he just needed enough money to get out there. Well, his father was actually uh, a prisoner, which is actually the same backstory as Kid Blink. And they believe that this is, they're not positive what happened to the mother, but both stories kind of uh, follow that she wasn't around anymore. Like she passed away. Not much is known about Kid Blink. Because after all this is done, it's kind of just done. You know, there's nothing else. If, if they had continued the unionization of, of the Newsies and had actually stuck with bylaws and, and then finalized some things and, you know, got some more representation, who knows where they would be right now? You know, well, not right now, but back then. And we might know more about them, but we don't. Um, but it was like a fantastical thing at the end, which Jack Kelly was, you know, in trouble and um, it ends up that his backstory, before you you come to know him as uh, Jack Kelly in the Newsies, he had escaped that the the orphanage once before or the boys' home once before and was rescued by Teddy Roosevelt. Well, at the end of this one, or at the end of the movie, Teddy Roosevelt comes back in, and actually Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt was like the driving force of like how these boys got what they wanted is because Teddy Roosevelt did it. I don't think that that's true. That's, I haven't found anything that says anything about Teddy Roosevelt at all. I know he's a prominent figure in New York. Uh, he was governor at the time, but nothing that I found in the true story or you know, writings about the true story did Teddy Roosevelt even come into play. So this is more just like a Hollywood little fantastical thing, which actually it added a little bit of flavor to it. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, you saw an actor that looked like Teddy Roosevelt um, he, I, although he was smiling a lot for my taste <laughs> because I don't, I'm not sure. I haven't seen a picture of uh, Teddy Roosevelt smiling. The ending is, I mean, it's pretty close to what happened other than Teddy Roosevelt thing. I, they got what they needed. They got their demands met and that changed everything. So other than characters and, you know, how things happened and in the movie they were, you know, represented or, or kind of backed by, uh, it was um, Bill Pullman's character was the, a writer for The Sun. And I believe the paper was called The Sun. Uh, anyway, it was a smaller paper. And, uh, you know, he was helping them. He was buying them food and stuff and, you know, helping them organize things. And nothing that I've found says anything about um, 
anyone other than the boys taking care of everything. There's some uh, drama added in between. Jack Kelly ends up, you know, going against the boys, but that's to protect the boys. And um, and actually, you know what? That's not entirely true in the real story. So Kid Blink was the spokesperson, but then he, they believe it, it's a rumor that he was bought off in the same way that Jack Kelly was. And I think it was because of his past and in where he was supposed to be. Uh, Jack Kelly's character was supposed to be back in the boys' home. And instead of, which is, like I said, kind of like a prison. And instead of going back to that and kind of dismantling this whole organization that they just built up, he decided to become a scab and basically work, you know, for money. Like he would take um, a bribe from Pulitzer and just continue working. And then Pulitzer was hoping that he would be the driving force for tearing down the union and, and just getting back to selling papers for, you know, whatever. So that kind of didn't happen with Kid Blink. Kid Blink ended up kind of falling back and not being such a, a prominent figure towards the end. Again, this was only two weeks. It seems like a lot of stuff happened <laughs> within those two weeks. But other kids, you know, would would, uh, would take the reins and stuff. And you have, you know, Spot Conlon and, and uh, Crutchy. And you had, who was it, Racetrack. For some reason, something happened. And I think they kind of portrayed that in the movie. And, you know, the more they think about it, the closer it is. I mean, it really is. I mean, they added a thing with Crutchy where he, you know, he got put in the boys' home because he got caught because he couldn't run, couldn't get away. Um, Crutchy was a real character, uh, based on a real person. Uh, he had a, a problem with being able to run and and being able to sell papers while being on a crutch because he couldn't uh, cover his distances like the other one others could. Uh, he couldn't run away if in trouble. So, you know, and there was a lot that uh, actually made sense and actually was true to story. It's pretty cool. So that is the story behind the really fun movie, The Newsies. If you haven't seen it, you should. It's a really entertaining film. Kids love it. I, I still like it. <laughs> I can still hear the songs in my head. Uh, our girls have seen it recently. And that's kind of why I started with this movie, because we just saw it. And I was like, well, this is something I've wanted to do. Uh, for the podcast, you know, do these, uh, what's the real story behind the movie or behind the movie based on real story. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I, I was like, oh, let's just do newsies I, I, next time. Maybe not next time, but, uh, one of these times I'm going to do, uh, the untouchables great, great film about, uh, Elliot Ness versus Al Capone. So that, that'll be a fun one to, to look into. There's a lot more to unpack with that one. Cause we actually do know a lot of that history, you know, um, with the problem with the newsies, you know, a lot of those boys were just, you know, orphans or just living in a boy's home. They, they weren't, not a lot was known about them and they weren't very educated at, at either. You know, they, they didn't go to school. They didn't have any of these things. So, you know, nothing, we don't know what happened to any of them afterwards. You know, there's nothing, you know, as far as we know, they just fell off the map. You know, they got what they needed to do. And they just either went, you know, probably went back to work and then that was that, you know, we don't know anything else. Um, but with Elliot Ness and Al Capone, we, we know quite a bit. So that's going to be a fun one to do and probably last a little bit longer. Okay, so uh, we are going to Italy and I plan on um, kind of giving updates as we're there. You know, it's going to be on my phone, so it's not going to sound as good as this, but, you know. 
It should be good. And uh, we're also going to re- be recording for For Reals, uh, Dips and I. And, uh, you know, we'll be enjoyed by family. So we'll have other people to, you know, talk to and give opinions about movies and things like that. And I'll, so I'll, I'll probably have somebody on this show as well. The next time you hear from me in a studio setting will probably be another thing about DC. Um, I, although my daughters have been really anxious to get onto the podcast again. <laughs> so uh, I had to see, I had to kind of, kind of uh, come up with a format that'll, that'll work for them based on, you know, what I'm trying to build now with uh, this podcast. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, um, yeah, next time I see you um, or next time you hear from me, I will be overseas. So uh, ciao a tutti. And as always, vederti non vederti.